0: Welcome in everyone to the Sunday recap. This is Chris McLaughlin, and I'm here with Ariel Eldridge this morning. Good, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? It's good. good. It's great. Good, good. good. Uh, so this week is a uh, another special week where Pastor Mitch is gone away at now high school camp.
1: So many camps. So many camps.
0: <laughs> I know. I, I I kind of feel for him and for Derek too. Derek, uh, Pastor Derek, went down with uh, with the kids down to, uh, uh, Nashville for CIY this week and man, he's coming off of VBS and then preaching last, this last Sunday, and then literally got on the bus Monday and went straight down to camp. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. That's, that's a crazy. lot. Yeah. And Mitch has been busy running, all over the place, all kinds of things with the kids this summer. So it's been a lot on them for sure. But um, this is but this is the busy season for family ministries, honestly. Yeah, so.
1: and I don't think they'd have it any other way. I That's think right. they're having the time of their lives. <laughs> Those sure. two extroverts are living it up.
0: For sure, for <laughs> sure. That's awesome. Well, so Ariel and I are on today. We get to talk through Psalm 131 with you. Uh, Pastor Derek preached this last Sunday. It was, man, that was a really great pastoral sermon. Really was. Week. Yeah. I would say I walked away feeling uh, very convicted in a lot of different ways and just like, and then also just reassured by the grace of God mm-hmm. in so many ways, and so we I, we'll, we'll get into it. There's so much there, but before we talk about all of that, um, I want to say too, we've got some great things that are coming up this fall. Summer is only halfway over. We still got another you know four weeks before everyone's going back to school and all that sort of stuff. But coming this fall, we've got a lot of big things coming up. So Ariel, tell us just a little bit about what's happening in your area of ministry. This fall. Go for it. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, for women, we have Women's Bible Study starting this fall, also Moms Crossing starting, and that's a ministry for moms of littles who are birthed through uh, preschool, and um, and, and both environments have a a large group element to them and also a small group element, so it's a great way to... um, community and to also dig into God's word um, and see the gospel in your lives. Um, but what's really cool about that is that I think this year we are starting a men's ministry um, right. Bible study as well. Yeah. Um, and so we'll have things for for all adults yeah. starting this fall.
0: Yeah, very cool. And I'm excited about that too. I think, I think the way that um, that's developing, we've got a great teaching team in place for the men's ministry. We also have um, just the stuff we're going to be talking about is really dealing with sin. Um, and like, how do you fight sin? How do you combat sin? So that's, what's going to be coming up with men's ministry this fall. So, um, also that's coming up, we have some classes, two new classes that are actually going to be offered this fall. We're going to have a class on the book of Exodus taught by Brian O'Malley. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Um, Brian and I, Brian's been teaching the Psalms class for about two years now, and, uh, he's writing a brand new course here on the book of Exodus. So that's going to be great. And then I'm going to be teaching a class. Um, it's actually going to be a shorter class but very practical on evangelism and, and actually how to use apologetics in evangelism. Something that I actually got to do um, just this last week, which was fascinating um, t- talking with a, this atheist friend of mine and things like that. But, but we're going to uh, have a five-week class on that. And we're actually, get this, you guys, we are actually going to have the people in the class afterwards go out and do some evangelism out in the street. That's what we're going to do. So. Everyone's
1: terrified now. I from know. This I know.
0: No one's signing up for that class. Now. So, <laughs> so no. anyway, so that's going on. We also have, oh my goodness, there's so much more that we have. Reengage is back this year, which is great. So this is Mike and Lindy Smith are, are leading that. They've got a great team of leaders that are going to be leading that ministry. And so um, if you want to want to enrich your marriage, that would be a great thing to sign up for as well. And all of this stuff is going to be happening um, really on Wednesday nights here at, um, at Stone. So, and then some on Wednesday mornings too, like Women's Ministry and Mom's Crossing also has a Wednesday mornings offering. Exactly.
1: Right? But the thing yeah. that's so great is that our church really values the fact that um, a lot a lot of people need childcare, So yes. we're providing that for both morning and evening Yes, on Wednesdays here at Stones.
0: Very cool. So listen, uh, you can't sign up for anything yet, but we want to put the bug in your ear because we want you to start thinking about what you're going to jump into this fall. Um, and a registration will actually begin for this in August. So you can look out for that. <music> Pastor Derek, us this sermon from psalm 131 Um, it was actually a really interesting process for him i so i got to talk with him a little bit about this as he was preparing and things like that and he was thinking about doing a completely different message uh prior to this and then it was like two weeks before It was like the week of vbs and he's like i think i'm going to do psalm 131 instead and i was like okay you you want to switch it like right now and he's like yeah i think so and um he was telling me this is one of the psalms so this is something that him and becca have done together for years that um, they would go on walks together, and they would work on memorizing psalms. Cool. And this was the first one that they did. That they, because he said they picked it because it was the shortest. So, <laughs> so, so. But they would go on these walks, and they would memorize psalms. So he's got, um, if I, if I remember right, he's got like twelve psalms memorized. That's awesome. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but this is one of the first ones that they memorized. So this has been a psalm that has been in his heart for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. probably about a decade that has been in his heart. And, um, and so, and I think that really came out on Sunday. Like you could, you could tell that he, he understands the meaning of the psalm, yeah. and, and, and I would say in a lot of ways, it really, um, uh, demonstrates that in his life as well. Um, mm-hmm. which is, I think pretty cool. I mean, no one's perfect, but, but I think he does a good job at this, at this stuff. So. Cause he's a
1: parent. Uh-huh. I think he gets it, uh-huh. gets the joy that is in that, in that relationship. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely, Ariel. Let me ask you this: as uh, as we get started with this, we'll, we'll read the psalm here in just a minute. But when and I, and, I, and I'm putting myself on the spot too with this. But oh, good. When you were a kid, what made you the most content? When a when great were you question. the most content? Like, what, what was it that was just like, yes, this is the life. Oh, right here. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, this is that's is tough. Okay. So I loved horses growing up. Every little girl probably goes through a horse phase. Okay. Um, but thankfully, I lived in the country, and my um, grandfather had raised horses. And so Oh wow! when I was yeah. in middle school, he bought me my ho- my horse, my uh-huh. first horse. And um, I think when I was horseback riding and we were going fast, that's when I felt the most content. Just oh. the wind in my hair, got this horse through my love. Um, yeah.
0: Mm, that's really cool.
1: Super girly. Loved it. <laughs> Loved it.
0: That's cool. Not everyone gets that experience, too. No kidding. Yeah, that's really neat. I was thinking about this for myself and um you know the the, the image that came to mind is actually really kind of strange. So I I I remember very specific times where I was young, I was probably, you know, 4 or 5 years old mm-hmm. and We would have have friends over, like my mom's friends would come over, things like that. And I remember always like I would have, I would maybe feel tired or, or didn't want to like extrovert anymore. Yep. And, um, (laughs) and I would put my- Even as a
1: young child. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Hours in my room by myself. Um, but I would put my head on my mom's lap. Oh, yeah. And, and there's, there's a certain, um, sound that happens where it's like one ear is closed off and then the other ear- um, you can hear the sort of the ambient sound in the room, but all of it was very—it it was it, that's what it was. It was just ambient sound. I wasn't listening to what the conversation was. It was things like that. But I, f- I always remember being very, uh, feeling very content and mm-hmm. safe in that moment. So like I didn't I had my eyes closed. I couldn't really hear much of anything, but I just knew I was home and I was safe. You yeah. know? And th- I think that was something that as I was listening to Derek, I was like kind of remembering that image. Yeah. In my in, in my mind. But yeah.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. I, I now that you say that, I do remember like if I was getting car sick on trips.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I'd put my head on my mom's knees and if she had shorts on. Like I just remember like her skin was so soft uh-huh. and like I would just feel At home, and I feel better, and my stomach would settle, and yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely, good stuff, absolutely. And like, I think this is part of what um, you know, really, what Derek was kind of getting to is that you know, there's a, there's a this sort of pure contentedness that happens when we find ourselves in the arms of God. In Mm -hmm. that way, you know, like being in the arms of our parents is, is is one thing, but that's just analogous for being in the arms of God in Absolutely. a lot of ways. And and just what a wonderful place to be and to live life in that way. So, yeah.
1: That's so good because I don't think that, um, we always think that way. You know, right. when we, when we think of God, we think of him as lofty or, um, removed sometimes. And yeah. so, um, to be, to be in the place where we've matured to the relationship of, of joy and just, um, delighting in his presence yes. is a good place.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, Ariel, would you read uh, the psalm here? Absolutely. Psalm 131. Yeah. It's really long. so <laughs>
1: three, All three verses. Here <laughs> yeah. we go. A song of a sense of David. Oh, Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore.
0: Awesome. Yep. Thank you. So let's just kind of start at the beginning here. We included the title and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but a lot of Psalms have these little titles or this subscript or superscript that happens right before the Psalm mm-hmm. and these, so the, the, the titles, so, so let me, let me kind of clarify here. A, a lot of different Bibles will give different titles to Psalms, right? So like the ESV calls this one, I have calmed and quieted my soul. Okay. Um, that's not part of the original text. Right. That's not part of of the Hebrew text that David wrote here. Okay. Um, what is part of the original text is the part that comes after it. There, where, where it says a song of ascents of David, and that's um, so we we consider that because we believe in in the um, in the inspiration of Scripture. We believe that those titles itself are inspired. Um, that those are part of the inspiration of Scripture, and so um, so it's important I think that we take just a moment and pause on that and what that might mean for us here. So um, would you just sort of unpack just, just basically what is a Psalm of Ascent?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so these are the, the songs that they would sing as pilgrims to, um, to trek to the temple mm-hmm. um, in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, and obviously the, the people of Israel were, were spread out a ways. And so if they um, didn't live within the city, um, they would make this long journey, yeah, every year to um, to sacrifice and to um, to do festivals and all the things.
0: Yeah, I think that that actually gives us some really neat context for this uh, for this psalm because when you think about again the idea of of putting our hope in the Lord, having Him be our our comfort, our our peace, and being content in Him, that as we're you know as as a pilgrim may make that that ascent up to the to the temple, right? Mm-hmm. To go and meet with the Lord, to to make their annual sacrifices to him and things like that. That they're reminding themselves that that God is their father in, yeah. in essence. You yeah. know, that that we can be content in him and they're going up to meet him. You know, and so what a joyful song it is to yeah. to actually like sing this as you're going up to meet the Lord. Like, oh I I, I almost can just imagine this would be such a wonderful psalm to um, to pray with someone over as they are maybe on their deathbed, you know, as, mm-hmm. as they're, as they're coming to this place of like knowing that they're going to meet the Lord. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful Psalm just to, to to read to them and to pray with them over this. It's like, yeah, we're, we're going to see our daddy soon, you know, yeah. that kind of a thing. I'm yeah. like, what's really, really neat. Um, and then of course it says of David, which means it's of David.
1: Of, of King uh. David. You got it. <laughs> there yeah. you go.
0: Right. So, um, so yeah, but that's uh, really. Uh, I, I think that just gives some important context to what we're to what we're reading here.
1: Absolutely, because if David was in, um, I mean, everybody knows David if they've read the Bible or been oh, a sure. Christian,
0: or been a human, It'd
1: been a human. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the,
0: the giant statue of David in in Italy, and yeah. you know, Michelangelo's statue. Yeah, he, he's, he's a very David, David is a very prominent figure in not only just Christianity and Judaism, but in the world, um, yeah, for sure. So,
1: yeah, yeah, to have that kind of stature, but then still have this tenderness to the Lord and this um, humility toward the Lord mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is really important for us as we're reading this psalm.
0: Yeah, well, and I think especially too, because we're going to talk about this when we get to verse three. But, but David being the king of over Israel, he's wanting because he, when he gets to verse three, he says, Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord, right? So, he's wanting his nation to have the same kind of hope and foundation and contentedness that, that he has. Mm-hmm. So, as a leader. Uh, as the king of israel, he is he's l- wanting to lead his nation in that way, which is I mean, just a neat uh, context for all this. So, yeah, well, let's go ahead and jump into verse one. and verse one I thought was was fascinating just because he's really presenting sort of maybe maybe what we would say are three different aspects of sort of a like uh, of of the of the human person, right mm-hmm. that are maybe struggling with that could be struggling with with all this stuff, and um, Derek unpacked this talking about pride and arrogance and selfish ambition, um, but I know w- before the podcast, you were talking a little bit about seeing some parallels in this and some other parts of Scripture.
1: Yeah, well, it's so interesting that um, that David addresses this in three ways. He talks about the heart, mm-hmm. he talks about the eyes, and then he talks about the actions, all in verse one. Yeah. Um, and so it, it made me call to, recall to mind the uh, the sin in the garden, the original sin of Adam and Eve, and just... The parallelism we see there in chapter three, verse six of Genesis. Yeah. Um, and and we see that um, the Eve saw the tree was good for food, so there she has some some pride of the eyes. Uh-huh. Um, she does. It was desired to make one wise, and so we see her heart's desire is to, to grow in knowledge. Yep. Yeah. And then in her action, she finally takes and eats and and gives to her husband and and uh, Adam partakes Mm -hmm. as well so Mm -hmm. this threefold she's
0: occupying herself with things that are too great and marvelous for her absolutely that's (laughs)
1: exactly what's happening and it's so good to see this as david's counter to the foil of what happened in the beginning with sin and pride yeah um that that he has learned to content himself and to um to respond to the lord Mm -hmm. in the right way Mm -hmm. um rather than in these ways that, that elevate him above God.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And really by God's grace, I mean, he is who he is of course, mm-hmm. but, but what a, what a neat place to be now. I mean, we can't, pro- we can't say David was perfect in this.
1: Correct. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Bathsheba, there you go. Yes. It's all three things wrong there.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but what is, what is fascinating about this is that, I mean, really this is a, and we we sing songs like this all the time in church and stuff like that. It's sort of a song that's idealistic in a sense where it's like, it's almost telling your soul, like, this is, this is what we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. This is, this is who we are. This is where we need to be, you know? Um, and so, so that's what I think is happening here in the Psalm. It's not David asserting, Oh, I'm good. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I think that's a good reminder to us too, that, that if we are, um, like at the end, Derek, Um, addressed both non-believers and those who have put their trust in the Lord Mm -hmm. that we do need to remind ourselves of this over and over again this is a pastoral way to to draw ourselves back to um, the side of of the Lord
0: absolutely yep as as Derek was talking about this point he was saying you know look like God knows far more than we do and we can trust His plan, and this is and this is something. I mean, honestly, since we started this podcast in the middle of the, you know at the beginning of the pandemic, uh-huh. that has been a theme that has run through everything that we've really talked about. This idea of trusting the plan of God. Um, we can trust Him. He He knows better than we do. Um, but but one of the things that Derek brought up that I thought was just so powerful and convicting for me was that when we ask that question, why? As we do that, the less content we become. Mm. Now, I mean, I, I definitely see that in my own life. The, the, the times where I ask myself, you know, why, why is this happening? Why is this going on? You know, yeah. Um, and we just can't know those things all the time, right? Um, so I, I guess I just I want to I, I want to find more practical wisdom, I, I suppose, in what helps us to have confidence that God's plan is good, even when we're going through difficult times, like. What's something that we can do in the moment to sort of check our heart and come back to, wait, I remember God's plan is good and I can trust him Mm -hmm. even in these difficulties.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. I think just acknowledging that our knowledge is, is far too, um, inadequate to have any idea or to be able to even fathom the outcome of, of the situation, not knowing all things on all sides. Um, in, you know, this is a good time whenever I find myself in those places where, I, where I'm really questioning and wondering why, and maybe I don't know the ins and outs of the situation, that I can trust the fact that I've seen him work before, yes. both in my life and in scripture. Yes. Um, and so those are the things that are absolute. And so when I am finding myself wanting to trust in the things that are pretty variant you like how I use the word variant just for all you Loki <laughs> the
0: Loki fans, the two of you out there. Hey, hey. how's it going?
1: <laughs> um, that if I'm putting my, my faith in those things that are ever changing and shifting that I'm truly not able to even keep up with myself because they just, yeah, it all implodes on itself. And yeah. so I know for a fact that my God has worked before and I've seen it personally and I've seen it in his word. Yeah. Um, and Absolutely. I can trust that,
0: you know, um, it reminds me of a time. So this was about five years ago or so. Um, we had just had Caleb. Caleb was just born. We had some hospital bills that came in. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of looking at that. Um, that year, we also had like a ton of stuff at our house just break. That's like, the way it works. Right? It was All it was the ridiculous. appliances
1: at the same time. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I was really um, kind of financially frustrated. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know how we're going to do this, you know? And I remember having the thought, um wait a minute. God has never left us out to dry. Like mm-hmm. like we've never been in a position where we've not had food, not had a house. We never, not once. And so I'm like, you know what? We can trust God through this. Mm-hmm. You know. And so we did and made it through and God provided. God God really did take care of us in that time, which was amazing. But but that's I think it's a great thing to look back on the, the things that God has done. So mm-hmm. like when you're in that moment to look back and see like, oh, yes, yeah. God his, does take care of his us. His
1: history is so rich. Yes, exactly. Um, just talking with fellow believers to mm-hmm. hear the way that he has moved in their lives as well right. is, is so edifying.
0: Absolutely. And even looking back at scripture yeah. um, as well and seeing what God had done in scripture and how he tooks, takes care of his people in those yes. circumstances. Um, you know, another thing that I was thinking about with this too might be just in prayer. So, throughout the good times and the bad times, that we should have a, an attitude of prayer of just thankfulness and dependence mm-hmm. on God. And I think that as we do that, it actually... It, it, so it kind of starts in the mind, right? Because we know those things. We know that we are dependent on Him, but we don't always feel that way. We don't always... Um, we don't always live that way, you know, mm-hmm. functionally, and so I think through prayer, uh, one of the things that begins to happen is it transforms the way that we begin to 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 not just think about it, but then it changes our heart and it changes our actions in the midst of it. And I think that God can actually use the mind in that sense in order to transform us, right? So, like Romans twelve two, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and so I think prayer is a big is a big thing that as we are. In the good times now, let's say, you know, let's say you're going through a time of, of peace and tranquility and, and and contentedness, that you would begin to pray um, your dependence on God for all these things, you know, thanking Him for the ways that He's blessed you and thanking Him for the ways that He's taken care of you throughout all this stuff. And then when those difficult times come, that your heart would be ready yeah. to to be content in Him when you do experience difficulty. So that might be another way to, mm-hmm. to jump into that. So. Well, the next thing that Derek talked about was verse two, this idea that the contented heart is dependent on God, which is really where this was all going. And this is the verse that has the, the imagery of this weaned child with its mother. Um, and this is a a very powerful image. This is something that I think just, you know, really everybody connects with, everybody relates to. Um, we were all that weaned child at some point. Mm-hmm. I loved too that he 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 really brought up that this is the first battle with the self that the that child so true. that the child experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um and so I mean I so I think we understand that. We we understand this idea of like sort of self-denial and that battle with the self.
1: Do you know this is a great time to throw in some early childhood development information. Hey, okay. Yeah. So,
0: dun, 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 dun. go ahead. Former
1: life, yeah. <laughs> so I used to um, used to work for Jim Berry, playing music for just a very short time. Okay, um, but in the training, we learn all about how the development of infants um, works, and and. You know, when a baby is a newborn, the only thing that matters to them is right in front of their face. Yes, for sure. So it's the person that's in front of their face. It's the food source that's in front of their face because <laughs> yep. that's all they—that's all they really have control of. Yep. And anyone who's held a newborn knows this. They experience this. the
0: whole world <laughs> through their mouth.
1: Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's a while before that changes. Yes. Um, so if you think about it, like their their world is only to the extent of their nose. Mm-hmm. It really is right there yeah. about their face. Um, I just think that's so, such a good metaphor for, for us and how we are so filled with pride. And just like you oh. said, with Derek bringing up the first struggle of humanity is, yes. is to be weaned from our mother, yeah. um, or from, you know, the bottle, just this food source that has always been constant. That's the only thing that we've known in a, in the first months of our lives, yeah. um, and to be able to to trust that there's more beyond that and to part ways right, is is so hard. It's
0: so hard. And it's, it, I mean, it really takes a huge amount of trust in something outside of us to be able to say, right. yes, I'm going to go that way. When all of your senses are saying, no, uh, go after the things that you want. Exactly. You know? yeah. And right now we have a culture that is saying, go after all the things that you want. Right? Absolutely. (laughs) So just take whatever is in front of your face and all that sort of stuff. It's really interesting. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I had a conversation with an atheist friend of mine uh, this week. And in that conversation, it was fascinating because this kind of came up. Um, He was talking about how um, he's an atheist. He believes in, you know, like spiritualism, right? Okay, uh, but but he but he doesn't really believe in God, and he doesn't like organized religion and things like that. Can
1: you help me understand like spiritualism without God?
0: Right. So he he believes that there are still there's a, still like a spiritual realm. entity realm like we have a soul as, you know things like that. He believes in that still, but he doesn't believe that there's like a, a God that is. Over over everything and it's controlling. That's so interesting. Everything. Yeah, interesting perspective. Yeah. So um, anyway, as, as we were talking, one of the things that he brought up was, it's like you know, I just because I was I was sharing with the gospel with him, and I was I asked him about like you know, what do you think happens when you die? What's and then ultimately it's what is the standard that you need to meet here in order to achieve this sort of peace and harmony uh-huh. in the afterlife? And he was just like, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I hadn't really thought about it. And and I'm like, I'm like, I think I just you know. You just got to try to be a good person and things like that. And what's interesting is, you know, that's typically where people go. It's just like, you know, I I just try to be a good person, try to be a good person. Um, But from an atheistic perspective, there's really no reason to be a good person. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, at at the end of the day, if uh, if, if an atheist is intellectually honest, they're going to come to a place of saying, um, actually, I should just go and take everything that I want. (laughs) Because, Because the here and now is all that matters. And so let's go you know, let me just take, take what I can. Um, and so I think, I always think it's interesting when an atheist gives that sort of claim, um, because I'm like, ultimately the question is, is where are you getting that? Like, why would you do that? Why Mm -hmm. would you want to try to just be a good person? Why would you even want to try to, to deny Mm -hmm. yourself certain things? Um, when the here and now is really all that, that matters, you know? Um, Anyway, he didn't have an answer for that, but um, <laughs> uh, but it is it, it is an interesting point here because now w- you know what we're talking about with this is this idea that we do want to try to you know maybe um, ultimately deny ourself in in that we're trying to deny the getting the things you know that we want for our life and stuff like that on our own power mm-hmm. you know and sometimes these are bad things and sometimes these are actually good things that we're trying to go after with our own strength and both are wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Both have an issue with it. Um, And so, and I think that we, I mean, we, we know what these things are, right?
1: Yeah. Um, And I really appreciated that, that Derek said in a very helpful way to, to identify it by, even if it's a good thing that you are, are going after to identify whether or not it is something that is truly for yourself or for the Lord. Yeah. To say who, who accomplishes it? Like, yeah, I need to get this done. I need to do this. Right. I mean, that's a good, that's a good telltale for us to, to, um, parse out what our motives are.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of times it's really easy to sort of identify the things that, that we're talking about here as really just in the, the three categories of being healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, one of the things that we can do is as we, as we sense those desires coming forward again, it's, it's coming back to that place of saying, wait a minute, all of those things actually belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, God is responsible for my health. Uh, he knows the day of my death. He's, um, you know, he's the one that sustains me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my health, everything is up to him when it comes to wealth. What does it say over and over again? God owns all the gold. Yeah. He owns all the gold and the silver, right? <laughs> so, so, all the money is his. And so, anything that we have has been given to us as a blessing from God. Right. And so, so, that is his provision to us. And wisdom, of course, also, we've talked about this too. Wisdom is his. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets communicated to us by him um, through experiences and through the power of the Spirit. But we, we all receive wisdom, uh, whether Christian or non Christian, by his common grace. And um, this is really, truly a blessing that he gives us. So all of those things belong to God alone. And so we are, we are utterly dependent on him yeah. for all that. And yet what do we do? We just keep going right back over and over again to like, all right, I got to like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work 14 hours today. We're going to make this much money. Uh, I'm going to work out at the gym and yada, yada, yada. And those are like working and working out and all that stuff, reading books, good things. Yes but uh at the heart of it is it are you doing this trying to seek after all those things on your own power or are you just trusting in the lord that he's going to be providing those things for you and doing that on his power mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's a fine line what is the line what is the line there how do we it's how do we like, actually do things on god's power even when they're good things like that
1: yeah i was thinking about that as you were as you were talking about like working out and all of these things that are seemingly good are they outworkings of what we've been given, or are they the focus? Are they the the, the thing we're mm. we're aiming at? So I guess that it, it would come with the uh, the focus or this great Greek word telos. Like, mm. what do we have our eye on? Do we have our eye on working out,
0: mm. or
1: do we have our eye on Christ and we work out because we care for our body, which has been given to us, right? Um, yeah,
0: that's, that's a good, good distinction. Like for example, um, working out. So I, I, I think pastor Scott does a great job of this. mm -hmm. Uh, I was talking with him about working out and he's, he's kind of a workout junkie. He likes it a lot. Uh, he goes every day, like five days a week. Um, but he does keep that in check because he's not trying to get huge. Right. You know, so he's talked about like, yeah, I'm not going to lift super heavy weights I'm not gonna try to get like you know super buff all that sort of stuff. What he says is he wants to try to be healthy enough and and make sure that his heart is healthy so that he can continue the ministry oh, that yeah. God has given mm-hmm. him to do. and I was like, that's great. Yeah. that's a great uh, motivation for working out and it's the same thing like with with me i'm I'm probably a little bit on the older side for the age kids that I have, right so like my or my two youngest
1: uh-huh.
0: I'm like I kind of want to work out just because I want to be around to watch my kids grow up. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so I want to make sure that, you know, they're going to have their dad around when they're going through high school and college and I get to see them get married and have their kids and all that stuff. Like I want that. So I want to work out to, to, to do that as well. So, I mean, I think motivation is a big part of that. That's great.
1: Putting you on the spot. Okay. How old will you be when PJ goes to college? Almost 60. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, and that's maybe on the older side. I know people yeah. who are older oh, sure. than, you know, yeah. that have that too, um, even in our church. But, but I think, um, but the, I mean, you know. It keeps you young was, as well. It kind of does. Uh-huh. And it makes you want to sleep more. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, it's, it, it's, it's, so it's a joy. It's, it's the blessing that God has given us for yeah. sure. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: One of the applications out of this uh, this psalm that I thought was worth addressing is is the line, I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really good to kind of consider what would be the line for us, as we talked about the line for some other things, what would be the line for us as believers um, to identify what is too lofty for us, what Mm -hmm. is too great for us, and what has been revealed.
0: Right. Right, and the, like the we out this passage a few weeks ago mm-hmm. on the podcast of De- Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, where he talks about how the uh, the secret or the revealed things belong to us, but the secret things belong to the Lord. Right, so right. the the verse itself is presenting a tension between look, there's things that God knows about that we will not know about because He has not revealed them to yes. us. So
1: yeah, and I think that sometimes as Christians, when we come up, come up on um, on com- controversial topics Mm -hmm. from the Bible, Um, we want to like quickly dismiss them as things too lofty for us. And some of them may have some elements that really truly are our hidden things, secret things.
0: Yeah. So you're talking about like, like things in theology and stuff. Exactly. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: sure. Or things within the church, things within um, scripture. Yeah. Um, you know, we wouldn't want to say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm just going to disregard this passage of scripture because it's too hard. Sure, sure. And just move on, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think maybe we use that as a little bit of a cop out, but um, but it's truly a good thing to think God's thoughts after him, which is what we're doing in mm-hmm. theology. Yeah. Um, and so, I think if it's like what Deuteronomy 29:29 29, 29 says, if things have been revealed to us that truly they are worth, they are worth learning and understanding investigating, what, the, yeah. what the Lord has
0: revealed. Absolutely. I mean, this is what we're all trying to do I think as theologians, right? We're trying to look at scripture and allow scripture to sh- then shape the 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 world view that we have. So the, so yes. we're we're trying to get that to shape the way that we think about God and the way that we think about ourselves and the world around us. And so um, with that being said, if we come across a passage of scripture that then challenges our worldview, then our goal should be not to ignore it. It should be then to try to figure out how do I need to change? How does my worldview need to change in order to incorporate that verse. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, and I think that's key and it's really humbling and difficult to do at Mm -hmm. times, but that's, I think what makes the best theologians out there. Um, and, and, and I don't use the, the term theologian as like a lofty type of thing. I'm talking about everybody is a theologian, every single person. And if this is, you know, so when we come across that passage, uh, that we're just like, huh, this doesn't really fit very well, very neatly into what I think about God or what I think about the world. Well, I'd say then maybe we need to start rethinking some mm-hmm. things about God and the world. Right. So. And
1: I think by rethinking what we mean is digging into scripture more, into yeah. the whole council of scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, if we found ourselves to be mostly a New Testament reader mm. that we perhaps we need to really explore the she bears from you know, from nah. Kings. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, we yeah. just talked about that in teacher training a couple of weeks ago because there truly are some passages in Scripture that are really hard yeah. to stomach and unpack. Um, but once we once we can um, use other Scripture to interpret them, we can find out who our God is right. even, even clearer.
0: Right. Yeah, that's really good. Well, the last thing that Derek talked about here is that a contented heart is hopeful before God. And ultimately what's going on here is... Um, In this verse, this is verse three, the King David really admonishes Israel to put their hope in the Lord, to, Mm -hmm. to be content in him, um, and to have reliance on him, dependence on him. Uh, it says from this time forth and forevermore. And I love that just with the, like we were saying earlier, just the context that this is King David himself saying this, that this is a, um, something that he wants for himself. Is determined to have for himself this contentedness and he wants this to for his nation that he's leading um, and so it makes me sort of think about the people that we that we interact with the people that we lead the you know so whether that's our families uh, if we're leading a family if we're leading a um, you know if we're, we're leading at work if we're leading at church if we're leading a ministry um, whatever it is there are people in our life that we love and we care for and certainly, just like David, we would want them to to have the hope and the peace that comes with the contentedness of God.
1: I I think if we are um, if we are new in Christ and we have the Spirit, that this is truly a desire that is even in seed form. Mm. Um, but it, like you said, prayer is a great way to start to start praying for those around us mm-hmm. because the Lord starts to con- convict us to to love them more mm, as yeah. Christ loves the church. Yeah. Um, but I think as I was listening to you talk, um, it's one thing to, to say to people to trust in the Lord and it's another thing to model it. Mm. And yeah. I have found myself really struggling with that when I get, um, nervous or anxious about a, a situation. Am I modeling for my family what it looks like to put my contentment in the Lord yeah. or to be contented because of, of his, um, his sufficiency. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so that's something truly I want to, I want to model more. Um, and, and I think the Psalm is a great one to have like on my mirror in my bathroom or just somewhere where I can see it often yeah and remind myself that truly I am content when I am close and I've drawn near to the father. Yeah. Um, and I can trust that all things, um, work together for good.
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I think too, uh, just going back to listening to other people's stories about this mm-hmm. as well is so helpful and so motivating you're
1: right I um, think this is where testimonies truly are so helpful yeah yeah yeah
0: um, so on our facebook page uh this week there's a um, there's an image with a quote that from pastor Derek's sermon and it says hashtag contented heart and we're just encouraging you to uh, on that social media post to share your stories because i think that we would want to hear from our church family um, what are your stories of of the ways that that god has Given you a contented heart, or that, or that you have seen that contentment throughout um, throughout your life. So go on uh, our Stones Crossing Facebook page, uh, also on Instagram, and you can post your stories there. We would love to hear your stories of contentment um, and ha- what God has done in your heart over this, um, over uh, throughout your lifetime.
1: So. I think that's a great place to end. Cool. Yeah.
0: This has been such a good conversation. I'm just I'm thankful for this this psalm i i I think after this sermon i just love the psalm even more Mm uh so (laughs) yeah it's really really good um and so uh thanks for joining us today on the sunday recap and next week we're going to be jumping into first kings looking at the life of elijah i can't wait for that that'll be really good so yeah we'll see you next time on the sunday recap have a great week everyone